We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. All right, ladies, on this week's episode of A3 Life, we have a guest that I've been talking so much about getting her on the podcast because she has so much value and content to bring to us. In fact, I think we're going to need two episodes with her. So I'm super excited to introduce her. Um, Her name is Chanel. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, I lost my train of thought. Her name is Chanel Rivera. And I've had the opportunity to meet her. I followed her. I've been a big social media best friend for a while. Um, But I have had the opportunity to meet her, sit down and have some real conversations. So I'm super excited to have her on. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of her history and then we're going to dive into it. So Beauty and Hustle was born as a company when the founder Chanel realized there was a huge need for women empowerment. Chanel was working in her corporate life job and found herself in a sea of men and always felt like an outsider. In her corporate life, she was district manager for FedEx and quickly transformed her team into the powerhouse team that was number one in America. While at FedEx, Chanel sought out empowerment and love from the beauty community online. It was during that time Chanel created one of the top 100 most engaged Facebook groups, Beauty and Hustle. If you're not in there, I highly recommend it. Such a great group. Within Beauty and Hustle, Chanel was able to be a strong woman, but also embrace her femininity and help empower women across the world. She then launched a small business through the direct sales company, LuLaRue, utilizing the Facebook platform. Shopped LuLaRue with Beauty and Hustle grew quickly and among the top 2% of consultants with LuLaRue. Beauty and Hustle has evolved to fill the need of women empowerment everywhere and has never looked back. So I'm super excited about this because not only have you built this incredible organization, you have an incredible story, but you've also been in direct sales. You're not currently with that company, but you have built that. So I love that. I feel like you're such a great fit for our podcast and kind of what we're doing here. You cover all the bases because you're basically a badass, as if you don't know. Um, so I'm going to let Chanel take over. I want you to kind of give us your story. Like, how did you get to Beauty and Hustle? How did you build it to where you are now? So take us back to the very beginning when you were working at FedEx, kind of your trains of thought, what happened and how you got here. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here today. So thank you for that. So I was I was working this corporate life job and I was doing really well and I loved my team. My team loved me. I actually oversaw over 100 employees in 12 store locations and we were growing, we were making money and my team was, you know, highly ranked in the company and I still felt really, really alone. And it was the the craziest feeling ever. And, you know, I would often be told things, you know, you don't want to be remembered as the girl in pink lipstick. You don't want to be remembered for your boobs, just like the most random things ever. And so I felt really alone. And I, and, and I had, you know, this 
feeling of if I feel this way there has to be at least one woman and that's really what it started as and it's something that helps me get up out of bed every day there's got to be one woman that I can impact today that needs me or, or or needs what we do so I I started feeling that way and I started this beauty group on Facebook and overnight there was 5,000 people in it and this was back in the day before you know you could approve all or you could sort members and I remember driving well in LA traffic it's not really driving it's like sitting and then moving you know maybe an inch but just hitting approve 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 and it quickly turned into something that was way more than I had ever imagined but it was exactly what I needed and exactly what these women need and so now there's almost 22,000 people in Beauty and Hustle and it started with you know me thinking I could go live and do some makeup stuff, but it's really turned into a sisterhood of, you know, people needing parenting advice. We've helped women escape domestic violence situations. We've rescued dogs. Like we've done everything that has to do with life within that group. So yeah, that's kind of what led me to it was really feeling alone. And you were like, you know, the so funny, like the pink lipstick comment. You're like, um, actually, that's what I do want to be remembered for. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it was it was funny because I didn't really wear like too much makeup for a long time. I tried to really fit in, and then I actually made my own lipstick line. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I wear this? And I remember somebody telling me that, like, you don't want to be remembered for your lipstick. And I'm like. I made this lipstick. Like I went into a lab, I formulated it, I made it. It has my name on it. I sell it. I'm a badass. Why wouldn't I want to be known? You know? And so, yeah, it was, it was really like start in those moments where I'm like, there's a different path for me. I just got to figure it out. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, cause I think all of us have heard, heard some version of that, especially females that see themselves like in some sort of entrepreneurial like light yeah, at some point in their lives we've all heard like do you, is that what you really want to be known for and sometimes that really slows people down and then sometimes you go actually yeah that is what I want to be known for you know because yeah. there's a big a much bigger picture to all of that than just yeah. the lipstick yeah I, I kept always thinking like you know I would come home and tell my husband you know, they, they always talking about my makeup, but it's funny because I'm number one and I come home and hustle makeup, you know, in my free time. Like I'm making makeup in a lab on my day off and on the weekends. So what are they doing? Because I'm running like 18 businesses and they're still like not beating me at this corp job. So it was funny. <laughs> I think that speaks like, I, I really do think it speaks to a lot of women, you know what I mean? Because so many of us are expected to fit in this mold, this little box. And it's like, anytime people step outside of that, they're poked at, they're criticized They're you know, like everybody wants you to fit, you know, in this little square box. I yeah. love that you took that square box and you shoved it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. I feel like destroying the box is what made us really successful. You yeah. know, because then I was able to empower my team. And it's funny that you say that because I used to tell my, uh, my team all the time, you're a circle peg trying to fit in a square hole, like mm -hmm. don't just, just find the circle hole, you know? And so I really empowered my store managers that I oversaw to do things the way that they wanted to do. And that's why we were successful and nobody could ever fit. You know, I would walk into meetings and people go, I just don't understand you guys. I don't get it. And 
And I said, well, maybe you should be asking more clarifying questions, such as how are you guys doing that? How do I teach my team how to do that? But they weren't interested. And, you know, that's how people stay stuck. So. Yeah. Well, and so what made you, cause I've heard a little bit about this because I know a little bit more about your story. So would you say, what was it like working with especially high ranking men, you know, because that was traditionally, that is what all females, I mean, traditionally high roles at any company for whatever reason are mostly male dominated. And I'm not saying that males aren't great at their jobs by no means. Cause I think there are some really good things that they bring to the table, obviously. But what was that kind of like working in that environment that was predominantly men, especially in the management position that you were in? Yeah, it was really isolating is the, the number one word I could think of. And it felt really, I felt really confused. I don't know if, if anyone's listening that's ever felt like, wait a second, I'm doing all of this, but I still don't feel good about it. That's how I would constantly feel because my team loved me. I mean, they would sing my praises. I have, I still talk to my team to this day. They'll call me on the drive home from work and, you know, cry about something. And I try to walk them off the ledge and, you know, and keep trying to inspire them. And so when I was with my team, I felt so good. And you would think that I would be able to walk into the room with my peers and feel like the queen, right? I'm number one. My team loves me. I mean, I was doing everything right. And I just felt so isolated. And I, I felt like I, everything I did was criticized. You know, for example, we would win like a contest, right? Every corporate has different KPIs, metrics that they measure. We would win this contest by a landslide. And instead of a congratulatory message from somebody, my boss would call and say, we're investigating you guys. We want to make sure that you guys didn't cheat. And it's like, first of all, I'm not smart enough to cheat. Second of all, integrity is everything to us. And third of all, why are you not asking me, how did you guys do this? How did you do this? Come teach everybody else, you know? So I feel like the number one word really was isolated. You know, um, I would go to trainings, like national trainings, knowing that I was literally beating people by tens of millions, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was still treated as if I wasn't an equal. So it was just really weird. I didn't, I don't, I didn't need anybody to like roll out a red carpet for me, but imagine, you know, I don't know, imagine being this celebrity and you're going into a room and not even that they don't treat you just as a normal person, but they almost downgrade you, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It was always just such a weird feeling. And on top of that, I always wanted to help. I feel that's built in me is, you know, ask me questions. Let me teach you. I wasn't trying to old secrets from anyone and nobody ever wanted to pick my brain so to speak you know and so that was almost um the most isolating part of it was feeling like I had all of these cool tips and tricks and stuff and nobody cared you know and it was working but nobody cared so yeah isolating is the number one word yeah I think I think as women entrepreneurs and in all avenues and maybe even female employees that have had or experienced success, I can resonate with that. I, I completely understand what you're saying. I completely feel what you're saying instead of 
people. Uh, for example, um, when I moved to my, the cur- my, my current company that I'm with, one of the former associates that I used to work with on another company, I think their comment was, um, they said to somebody else, their comment was, she's doing really well because she's sleeping with one of the owners. Like, well, wrong, absolutely positively wrong, happily married in no way, shape or form did anything like that happen. But it's just like, they almost look, look for like, they can't say, yeah, it was hard work and, and hustle and this dedication to her job and things like that. It's like, they always want to find like a way around it. Like, oh, well, she's sleeping with you. What? Like, (laughs) that's literally the craziest thing. I think that that's just woman culture which is what led me to Beauty and Hustle because I knew that I wasn't getting my cup filled by these pretentious men, right? And so I then would turn around and look towards the women. And now granted, one of my best friends in the whole entire world came from FedEx and I thank God every day for her because I probably would have none of the success I have now because she kept me from blowing a gasket every day, right? But other than her, it was the same thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, who is she with? And it's like, if you only knew, those people freaking hate me. All those guys don't like me. So I promise you that I'm not sleeping with anyone. Like, that's a much easier road. If that was an option, I don't know, you know? (laughs) Right. my husband and I used to joke about it. He's like, well, if that was an option, that would have probably been easier than you working 18 hours in a day. I'm like, right? So seriously, yeah, I think that's woman culture, you know? And, you know, like something else that I thought about when you were talking to that I'm sure you heard is things like nobody's going to take you seriously if like in that, in that arena. And I think that that is what I love so much about groups like yours and just the online space in general is that those things that people point out whatever it is you nobody will take you seriously if fill in the blank you know if whatever it is that makes you different or makes you special or makes you unlike them or makes them uncomfortable I think that the those are exactly the things that that make you really successful and really cool in the online space because you can create and be whatever you want and people can seek you out and find you that are just like you yeah absolutely and it's hard because I feel like and again we're just you know four women sitting here having a conversation and the girls and I have obviously had this conversation before but it's just like you get to a point where like Someone thinks you're too skinny. Someone thinks you're too big. Oh, you're too pretty. Oh, you're too ugly. Oh, you wear too much makeup. Oh, you don't wear enough makeup. Oh, you have fake boobs. Oh, you don't have fake boobs. It's just like, you can't win sometimes. Um, Oh, you're too successful. Oh, you're not successful enough. Like, it's just like this constant, whatever it is. And like you said, it, it does seem to be with women. I feel like judgment kind of comes a little bit differently with men, but you know, finding that group of people or creating that group. And like Ali said, they will come find you. I may not be your cup of tea. That's cool. Move on. Maybe fit in elsewhere. And I, and I think that's kind of what it's taken. I, I like to be liked. I think that's a natural instinct for people is to want to be liked. And if you're not liked, you're like, Oh, why don't you like me? But realizing in life that everyone's not going to like you and everyone's not going to fit in and you're not going to fit in. And 
you know, that, that was a real hard realization. And I, it happened when I started having success because up until being successful, I got to pick my group of people that I was around. Right. But then when you hit this level of success, whether it be in something like a traditional company or a network marketing company where everyone knows you and everyone judges everything you say and what you wear and what you do. And especially when you get in these top, you know, leadership roles, all eyes are on you all the time. It's just like, you literally can't win. Like you cannot make everyone happy. So going and creating, because we did a similar thing as at A3 Life, we went and created a community called Worth the Work. And our emphasis behind that is everything you want or need or is desirable or worth having is worth the work. And, you know, whether that be personal development, leadership, whatever it is, it's going to take work to get there. Um, so creating that, that community for people that do like you, because like you said, there are people that don't like you, but you went and created your own space. And now look how many friends you have. Like, look at this community you've created of how many people that are like Chanel, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that it took me a long time to realize and to be okay with was not everybody needs to like me, but no matter what, they will respect me. Like you will, there is nothing that I'm going to do that you cannot. I mean, you know, nobody can deny my work ethic. Nobody can deny that my crazy nerdy strategies that go cuckoo crazy at 3am, they work. Right. And so I had to really, really live and breathe by that. You don't need to like me. In fact, I don't care if you like me, but you will respect me. And I think that, you know, for anyone listening right now, once you can start to really encompass that on a daily basis, it helps you show up so much more authentically in your life. And it really does, you know, I, I talk about it in my coaching business. It attracts my soulmate clients, right? And it repels the hell out of everybody else. You know, I still get people that, you know, in network marketing or whatever that say, oh, I would never hire to be my coach. She wears too much makeup. And it's like, my makeup has built a million dollar empire. Why wouldn't I go live and do makeup and, you know, make money and also cure or help my depression while I'm at it? Like, so there's, there's judgment from everybody everywhere, but once you let go of that judgment within yourself, it's so much easier to understand that those people are being triggered by something that has nothing to do with you as a person. Yeah. And probably whatever it is that they hate is exactly what you're doing right for the most part. You know what I mean? Like you're saying your makeup has built you a million dollar freaking empire. So those things that are like coming out the loudest, a lot of people will allow that to shut them down, but it's probably exactly the thing that you need to be doing. You know, you're making yeah. a statement. And I love your phrase of when you just said, you know, like what you do attracts your soulmate client. Like I've never actually heard it said like that, but it is true. And, and for one, I just totally love your vibe. I, I love that because, you know, as women, we, you know, like Elisa said, you do naturally want to be liked. Like nobody likes when people don't like them. That feels super shitty and just, it just feels terrible. But, you know, you do have to come to that place where you understand, you know, everybody isn't going to like you and you can't live for everybody else. You have one beautiful life and you have to live it the way you want to live it you know, and naturally people that like you and vibe with you are going to be drawn to you. And those that don't are going to be repelled. And that's fine. You know, I mean, I think that's something that we've learned, you know, like, you know, in our business is you want to attract the people to you that are like you, 
you can only play fake for so long. No, nobody should have to play fake. You should never have to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And you should be completely content with exactly who you are. And I mean, it, it was very hard because, you know, like I love people, like I love people so bad, it's disgusting. So when they don't love me back, it's super, super sad. But you know, like, again, I dealt with a lot of the same stuff and I just had to get to that place where I'm like, well, if you don't like me, so sad for you. Cause I personally think I'm freaking awesome. So, but you know, like I definitely won't sway or change for anybody. And I, I super love your vibe. I do. I just love your vibe. You're awesome. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about like, where did you get this idea to start making your own makeup? Like that's, I know like it's something you're passionate about. So kind of talk us through a little bit of that story. Yeah. So I'm very strategic. If you guys have ever, if you haven't taken it, take it. If you have ever taken it, there's a, a book called Strength Finders. And you basically go take a, a, a test, right? And then the whole idea and concept behind um, Strength Finders is that in, instead of doing what we are typically taught, which is, oh, you suck at math, here, go take more math classes. Strength Finders is, hey, you're really good at these five things, do all of this and hire somebody else to do all the things that you suck at, right? Which is essentially what I did at FedEx too. So I'm super nerdy, super strategic and the, 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 the ideas come to me late at night and stuff. And so I had started Beauty and Hustle. I, I started making glittery hoodies and tank tops to go live and do my makeup with. So that way, you know, it's like, gosh, doesn't she have more than one black shirt, right? I know we all feel that way when we go live all the time. And so people wanted to buy them. And so the very first weekend we did about $35,000 in tank tops and hoodies. And so instantly I thought, oh crap, we're on to something, right? My, my strategy brain comes out. And so I would post makeup, you know, selfies and drop your selfies all the time. And people would ask me, what lipstick do you wear? And I used to always wear this lipstick by MAC, Velvet Teddy by MAC, to go to work. Like that was my safe, neutral, but not like so nude. It was like the perfect color. Anyways, people would always ask me about it. And then I would see all these pictures that are like, I just went to MAC and I bought Velvet Teddy. And then my strategy brain goes why am I not making a lipstick that has my name on it? So I started looking around. I, I spent, you know, I was taking the money that I made from tank tops because now it's like, okay, well, I have some extra money to start kind of, you know, dumping into this business idea. And I started looking for labs that could support me. And I mean, we went through probably 35 different companies and I, there was a bunch of that were just junk. Like, my people know I will never tell them to buy junk. You know, everything, everything that I've ever promoted or sold, I really loved it at my core, right? And so I found this company and I was able to partner with them and, you know, I launched it and we did six figures in lipsticks in like two weeks. And so it really, really solidified to me, you know, hey, like this brain of yours that's doing crazy stuff at FedEx can actually do amazing things for, you know, a side business. And that's really how we took Beauty and Hustle to the next level of um, promoting things and, and figuring out, you know, that we could go our separate ways from FedEx eventually. 
That's wow. so cool. <laughs> that yeah. is Isn't so that cool? <laughs> awesome. When you said like $30,000 in tank tops and sweatshirts, I'm like, you did what? How much <laughs> tank tops? <laughs> And they're like, how many tank tops was that? <laughs> it was a lot. And, and it's so funny because, like, I'm super strategic, but I don't know how to make tank. Like, I do now, right? But we have machinery. <laughs> we have nothing. So I just had this one friend, and I was like, uh, I didn't even have a website, you guys. I was private. People were private messaging me, and I was sending them a PayPal a PayPal link. So, <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you is, like, were you making these yourself? Or you? How did you even go about it? Uh, at this point, it was a friend, so, like, I reached out, before we launched, I reached out and said, hey, I have this little group of 5,000 people, and I want some tank tops, and the girl I went to high school with was, like, I'll make them for you, you know, she charged me, I don't know, like, 30 bucks, whatever, and I met her, and she goes, oh, my God, I found this glittery hoodie, and it, and she's, like, it was perfection, so I made this additionally for you, and people literally lost their minds at this hoodie, like, they couldn't, I could it was just insane. Right. And so, um, I call, you know, I'm like, can we, Hey, some people want some of these. She's like, okay. And then I remember calling her on like a Monday going, yeah, so I don't really know how to do any of this. Cause I've taken in a lot of money. I don't know. Like I, I got to figure out how to mail all this stuff via PayPal. It was, it was kind of a nightmare. I didn't make a ton of money. Right. Cause I was paying her and I, I didn't realize how to like buy wholesale apparel or that you could, you know, now we have a huge industrial machine that we can do it ourselves if we need to. So it was just this whole learning process. But yeah, she was like, I knew you were going to sell a bunch. And I'm like, well, I didn't. You could have won. I think that's super important for people to realize, like, because my brain works like that too. I mean, they'll, they know I'm like, Hey, I have an idea. Or like my poor husband or my aunt or my assistant, when they hear me say, oh, I have an idea. They're like, oh, shit. So that's how my mind works. But there is failure that goes with that. And we don't just stop because we failed. So just like you said, did you make a lot of money that first time? No, but you're like, hold on. I know how to do this better next time and how to tweak the system. You didn't just stop selling shirts because you didn't make any money off the deal. You're like, how can I tweak this and go on and fix this? And that's exactly how my mind works. But I don't think a lot of people see the failure, right? Because that yeah. wasn't exactly a win. You didn't profit a lot of money. So it wasn't no. a win by no means but it was eventually a win. So you just had to tweak it. And I've had to do this with several businesses. Like we're, we're constantly evolving, mm -hmm. you know, from our rentals to match charter business to opening a cleaning company, like constantly evolving and trying to figure out better, better ways to improve things. But people don't see the fail. They just think, Oh, look, she went and made these shirts and sold them and made all this money. They don't know. They don't know that you took a probably well, not a loss, but whatever it was, you didn't make a whole lot of money the first time. And I've had to take a loss on things that I'm like, okay, lesson learned. So I love that you're sharing that. And you know, we, as an entrepreneur, you could go on with many failures. I'm sure you could say, Hey, this flopped and this flopped. I had this idea. We had to tweak this. I think that's such an important, valuable lesson for people to know and understand when they see successful people like this group of women, they don't see where we flopped and failed and fell on our face multiple times. So we just got up and kept going. You don't see that you're seeing the victory story here, but there's very few people that get to see the actual whole journey of anything in anyone else's life, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think part of that too is I get a lot of people that come to me and I'm sure you ladies do too that are waiting for like the perfect moment like, oh, well, I have to build a website and I don't know how and then I have to do this and I don't know how and I don't and it's like I didn't know how to do it. it I, I wish I could unpublish my very first website. It was trash. Like once we got it up, it's the ugliest thing ever. It's totally like not branded, but we tried really hard. It's so ugly and we made we made almost half a billion dollars off of that website, right? And it was the ugly, it's, my website's still ugly, like, it, and I did it myself. So I think that people are always waiting for perfection, but it's also why I feel like a lot of people follow me because I do get really candid with people. And I tell people all the time about how I lose my ass on stuff. And, and the most important part, if you're, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur, whether it's in direct sales, your own stuff. And even when you're in corporate life, like the more you rise, the bigger those failures become. Right. So yeah, maybe that time, you know, I made maybe eight grand and we poured it back into the business or whatever, but there's times where I've lost a hundred thousand dollars, you know, and I couldn't even fathom that four years ago, like that I would be able to be okay with saying I've lost a hundred thousand dollars in one motherfucking day. Right. Like I've never, I never would be able to say that, but it's like, I also was never able to say that I've made $100,000 in one day, you know? So I think it's, it's important for people to understand that there's ebb and flow with anything and um, trusting those struggles. And if you are in the, in the trenches of it, I always ask myself, what is the lesson I'm, I'm supposed to be learning right now? Because oftentimes we are hit with things again and again until we actually get it right like maybe it's a boyfriend and maybe you know i don't know maybe he's a bum and then we get rid of him and we get somebody and he's still kind of a bum but now maybe he's a bigger bum because life is trying to go like hello up level what are you doing you know so i think that business does the same thing and so sometimes it's really really important for us to sit back and go okay what is what is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning with this so that I can learn it and get over it and, you know, get on with my life and my business. Yeah. I love it. So let's talk really quick. Let's, I mean, I'd love to really, really deep dive with you in an upcoming episode about growing on Facebook, because obviously you have made some massive success with growing on Facebook. Um, but talk to us a little bit about, your page and some of the things that you feel like just a, like a little preview. Cause like I said, I'd love to have you back for a full deep dive, but what are some things that you think are super important when you were building that, you know, obviously we all have things, uh, we all build Facebook groups as well. So we know the importance of it and all of it starts with like culture and some core values. So for you, what are those important things? Yeah. So I actually went to a Facebook event maybe two years into having my beauty group and and one of the like managers of Facebook groups said something on stage that stuck with me forever and what she said was when you're in a corporate job nobody nobody gets to vote for you right like if you're the boss you're the boss they can choose to leave or transfer but you're the boss it's a, a you know, there's no voting system. And what she said was in Facebook groups, if you admin something, people are literally voting for you to be their leader every day. And that has stuck with me for, for years. Right. And so I think that that's, 
the number one thing is understanding that if you're going to start a group that people are going to entrust you with you being a leader for them and you serving whatever it is that that group is about and so having a lot of integrity around that is super critical and then the other you know the other thing I, I like, I call it SAS. It's what all of my courses and stuff are. It's SAS stands for strategy, authenticity, and soul. So I think that it goes with everything, but in regards to Facebook groups, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. You have to have some type of consistency and you have to know why are your people coming to you, right? What, what is the problem you're solving for these folks? The authenticity part is really about, you know, showing up and being yourself and also branding yourself, right? I think that the most engaged Facebook groups that I've seen, and I've met, you know, thousands of these powerful admins that are doing amazing things, they're all very, very well branded and they're all very authentic to the admins mission in life. And then the last part is the soul piece is, really being invested in it you know you can't you can't half-ass it or you know i can't start caring if i have a product launch you know like oh hey you guys i'm here i want to buy some hoodies and then disappear right it really has to be within your core of wanting to help people and then you can monetize it right and then people start to like know and trust you so i would say that um is the most important part I love it. And so you have got to do some pretty cool things, um, right? Because of your Facebook group, do you want to talk about like some of the things you, you have done with like what the Facebook group has, has, you know, kind of allowed you to do? Yeah. So I actually am partnered directly with Facebook right now. There's something called the more together ad campaign. And actually a year ago today, I was actually in Memphis with Miley Cyrus and Facebook throwing a party and it was so crazy, right? So I'm, I'm part of their ad campaign. I work really closely with Facebook directly um, whenever, you know, like whenever they do campaigns. So Selma Hayek has sh shouted us out before, like on her Facebook stories, just all kinds of really cool partnerships that I've had directly with Facebook. And then on top of that, just being able to be a pillar in the community has been amazing. Like I said, you know, um, just last week we fundraised almost $2,000 in like an hour to get this guy that's local here that was sleeping in his car with his autistic daughter. And so we put him in a hotel that has a full kitchen. Um, we gave him gift cards for food. And then one of the Beauty and Hustle girls donated 100,000 Marriott points. So we were able to put him up for over a month. In a, in a hotel. And so I feel like, you know, those, that is what I'm most proud of. Like, yeah, sales are great. I need to sell stuff so that I can be more present. But I mean, the amount of impact that we're creating as a community is just amazing. I'm so humbled and blessed by it every single day. I love that's, it. Those are so cool. Films. So cool. Yeah, that's so cool. And that's, I, I've watched it. I've, like I said, I've, I don't even know how we connected to now. I don't remember now something through social media, through Facebook. And we had the opportunity, like I said, I flew out to Vegas for a different event. I'm like, Hey, Chanel, I'm in Vegas. Do you want to get together? And we sat down and had dinner together, like at a hotel. So she came and met me because that's where she lives. And let's talk a little bit about some of your events that you do there. Chanel, I know you've hosted some events. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. 
first of all, if anyone comes to Vegas when this opens up, please message me because I'm I really am that person that's always like, I'll meet you. And people are like, but you're busy. And I'm like, but I will meet you. So yeah, um, she will. She really will. <laughs> I, I love to connect with people. But yeah, so we do we do these women retreats in Vegas. We've done a few in, in other parts of the country as well, but they're predominantly done in Vegas just because they're easier um, operationally for me and my team to be here. But there, it started with us, me teaching this SAS class online. And what I realized was a lot of women crave connection. They crave to be together and to actually go through the motions, you know, um, in person. And so again, 3am, you know, brain going, why don't I have them all like an adult slumber party? Why don't we, you know, and I took a huge, huge loss on my very first, um, retreat. You know, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. We spent thousands of dollars on food and I was just like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. But it's evolved since then, and I love it so much. So when I teach online, I always start with strategy first. I feel like that's what people like to hear first from me so that they can, their brain can start to trigger like, oh, okay, she actually knows what she's talking about, right? At these retreats, we start with the soul piece and we go backwards. So we go really deep. And the most important thing specifically with women is that we carry a lot of baggage. And that baggage really, really prohibits us from living our best life. And we have all of these limiting beliefs, right? All of those, all of that time someone tell me, don't wear pink lipstick, put your boobs away. All of those things, they stop and they impede a lot of people. So we get right into the nitty gritty, like almost immediately at these retreats, we unpack all of that baggage. And then we start to build out the authenticity piece. Like, what do you really want to do? How are you going to brand yourself? What do you want people to know you as? And then we leave them with the strategy, which is a 90 day business plan so that they can leave and actually have, you know, all of this information. Um, and it's, it's just crazy because when I first started doing them, I thought, okay, they just want to come and pick my brain, strategy, strategy, strategy. And I'm an empath, I'm, I'm clairvoyant, I can feel things, I can see things sometimes, right? And as soon as those, that house fills up, I felt immediately like I had to change my whole game plan. These people need to unpack this baggage. And um, I've had people come three, four, five times, and they always are up-leveling in a different place in their life. And they've been able, some of them have doubled, tripled, quadrupled their income and started working less or becoming, you know, in their eyes, a better mom, a better spouse. And the craziest thing is that the husbands are usually like my best compliments. Like, you know, oh, my husband doesn't really want me to spend all this money or it's going to be hard for him because he's going to have the kids all weekend. And it's usually the husbands that get these ladies to come back multiple times. Cause like, whenever you do this, you call me, I'll pay you because she needs this, you know? So, um, it's really turned into like this spiritual business retreat. It's kind of just unfolded in front of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, like you said, you saw what, what your original plan was, you felt like, oh no, I have to do that differently. So it was like, you revamped the whole thing just like that. Like, or like, oh, this has got to play out differently. I love that you 
are tuned into people and, and you can kind of read that and see that. So I think that's super important too. So, all right, perfect. Let's talk a little bit. Where are the best places they can find you connect? They want to know more. They want to follow. They want to be a part of this awesome community. Cause again, I've been in there a while. So tell us all the ways to connect best with you, Chanel. Yeah. So Chanel Rivera on Facebook, I go live off of my personal profile a lot. Um, I just feel like that's where people can find me the easiest, but also, uh, I have hashtag union hustle, which is the sisterhood. So anyone listening, I would love to have you. I also have something called the beauty and hustle think tank, which is really for women in business and helping them dominate in their business without burning out. So I would love to have you there. I'm beauty and hustle everywhere else, Instagram and uh, TikTok. TikTok's my new jam. And yeah, so you guys can find me. I have hundreds of private messages every day and I really pride myself on still answering them so if anyone needs anything you can always reach out I have a business page I don't use it too much but beauty and hustle everywhere and uh, yeah come find me Awesome. Well, thank you, Chanel. We appreciate you. And definitely, like I said, we want episode two because I really want to dive into the Facebook groups and the, the how to brand and how to market. Like we want all the things that I think it'll be better to break it up into a couple of different episodes. Um, and today focusing on the empowerment that you just like radiate and that you want to build around other people. So we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.